1: God knows what you need before you know what you need. See, that's why we as believers, we don't have to worry. Oh, the failing economy. Ooh, we're all going to die. The, fa- oh, the jobs are all going away. We're all going to Let me tell you something. Nothing is going to happen to Pastor Rodney, Dave. Ain't nothing going to happen to you. He said, I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I'm not worried about the economy, and neither should you. It's always something in this country. It's always something that causes the people to get fearful. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There's always something. Why 2K? <laughs> Oh, we all laugh now, don't we? Y2K. Ha 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 ha. Y2K. Man, people, Y2K folks were going out buying beans. Lowe's was selling them generators. You went to Lowe's one day you get a generator, it was $1,500. Go back the next day, it was $15,000. I mean, people were freaking out. We got to. Oh Y2K, we gotta run to the hills, get your beans, get your rice, get your non-perishables, get your guns, Annie. Get your guns. It's like we're getting out. Everybody's going crazy. Get the generators, we're all gonna die the day after Y2K. I woke up, let me tell you something. I back up my computer or nothing else. Ain't God want me to know? If I don't know it, I don't know it. I don't have whatever. I don't back up. I ain't backing up my... I mean, I have backed up now, but I didn't back then. (laughs) Day after Y2K, I woke up. Everything was still the same. Power was on. Lecture was on. Today News and CNN, they had nothing to say about that, did they? I said, oh, yeah, where you at now? Huh? 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 Where's your story at now? You don't have a story. It was all a big scare. Folks now selling their generators on Craigslist for 10 bucks. <laughs> Man, you took a hit on that one, trust. <laughs> you took a hit. It's not good. It's not good for Christians to be so concerned overly concerned. Don't misunderstand me. We've got responsibilities. People, I feel you, I understand. But to get overly concerned when we serve a God who knows what we need before you even know what you need. You're just figuring it out. You don't know what you need to, to, tonight. You don't even know what you have for dinner tonight. Or maybe you do. But we don't know. God knows. And we can learn that from Mary and Joseph. They didn't know they were going to have to go to Egypt and they were going to need the money to flee to Egypt. But God knew. And so the wise men bought them the money that they needed. And they used that money and those gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to flee to Egypt. And while they're in Egypt, keep tracking with me, we're in the chronology. While they are in Egypt, they stay there for several years until Herod dies. And then they want to come back to Bethlehem. But the angel said, don't go back there. Herod's son is ruling. Go to Nazareth. And it's in Nazareth that Jesus is raised. And that is why he is known as Jesus the Nazarene. Because he was raised in Nazareth. Well, another point talking about the ceremonies and the rituals that are main points in Jewish culture, we have circumcision, we have purification, and finally, we have presentation. Notice in verse 25, saints, put your face in verse 25. If you're looking at it, say amen. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, the name Simeon, means hearing. If you're taking notes, you write that in your margin. It means hearing. And this man, he was just and he was devout and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel or the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so he came, note this, by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, that would be presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about baby dedication here. To do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God. And he said, Lord, Now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your soteria, is the Greek word, S-O-T-E-R-I-A. S-O-T-E-R-I-A. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of not just Israel, but who, saints? All people. And Jesus, he's going to be a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And Joseph and his mother, man, they're standing there and they marvel at the things which were spoken of him. And then Simeon, he turns around, he looks at them and he begins to bless and to prophesy to them. And he said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel for a sign which will be spoken against. And yes, in verse 35, a sword will pierce through your soul, Mary, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Stop right there, saints. Give me your attention. When they get to Jerusalem, they meet a man named Simeon. And I want you to notice, give me your attention. I want you to notice The Holy Spirit's estimation of this man. The Holy Spirit said he is just, which speaks of his relationship to man. And then he is devout, which speaks of his relationship to God. He is devout and he is just. And no doubt his heart was close to the two tables of the law. The first table were you with us in Exodus, the first table of the law dealing with our relationship to God, and the second table dealing with our relationship to man. And that's how Simeon is described by the Holy Spirit. He is just and he is devout. And here is why. Don't miss it. Because, listen, he is just and he is devout, Because he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. In other words, saints, he had, Simeon, had a witness in his heart of the soon return of the Messiah. That's what consolation of Israel means. It's a reference to the Messiah. It's a reference to the return of the Messiah. Simeon was devout and Simeon was just because he kept it in his mind that someday the Messiah is going to come. Do you realize that keeping in mind that Jesus will return soon will keep your life holy? Where you get that from, Rodney? Well, 1 John chapter 3, verse 3. You can read it in your own time, but it tells us that any man who has this hope, talking about the return of Jesus Christ, purifies himself even as he is pure. It is important, Christian, to remember that Jesus Christ is coming soon. We believe and teach here at Calvary Chapel. Watch this, don't miss it. We believe here at Calvary Chapel that Jesus Christ could come at any time. We call that the imminent return of Jesus. We are pre tribulationists here. That means that we believe that Jesus will come and rescue, I choose that word carefully, that Jesus will come and rescue us out of this world before the seven years tribulation begins. If you understand, somebody clap their hands, would you? You ought to be excited about that. We believe that and that's why I continue to preach that because if we remember that, our lives will be pure. Our lives will be holy. Here's how it works out practically. If you believe that Jesus could come at any time, you can walk out of this church, go take your key, stick it in the, in the car, and boom, Jesus comes. And you're in the presence of the Lord. You thought you were going to be sitting behind your steering wheel. You're in the presence of the Lord just like that. If you believe that he can come at any moment, at any time, at any place, at anywhere, listen, it will control and govern your behavior. Because if you believe Jesus is coming, places that you would go, you won't go. Because you don't want to get raptured from that location. <laughs> you know. <laughs> anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Wave at me like this. Just wave at me like this. Okay, good. <laughs> I ain't going to say that. I'm saying... That if you believe that Jesus is going to come at any moment, then there's things you would be saying that you won't say. There are places that you would be going that you won't be going. There's things that you would do that you will not do because you don't want the Lord to find you in a place where you ought not to be when he comes for his people. The imminent return and keeping that in mind in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit will cause you to become a worshiper of God. It will cause you to read your word because that's what you want to be found doing when Jesus comes. Can I get an amen from somebody? It will it will cause you, it will cause you to come to church and worship God. It will cause you to read your Bible. It will cause you to spend time at home alone with the word of God. Husbands, it'll cause you to sit down with your wife and say, hey honey, guess what I was reading today? The hope of Christ purifies your life. It will cause you to be mindful of the mate single person that you get involved with. Huh. I didn't say that first. a second. Y'all got a freebie. <laughs> the hope of Christ, keeping it in mind that it will, it can come at any given time in your life will keep you pure. And the reason that Simeon was devout and just is because he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him and he was told by the Holy Spirit. Did you get this from the text? He was told by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die until he seen the Lord. Now, tradition tells us at this time in Simeon's life, he's probably about 113 years old. So he's probably thinking if I'm going to see the Lord before my death, then we might want to speed this process up here because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting up there in age. He's 113 years old. And so by coincidence, <laughs> I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in Holy Spirit moments. Moments. So by coincidence, if you will, he came into the temple just as Mary and Joseph were bringing Jesus into the temple to dedicate him. And Simeon runs over and he grabs Mary's baby and he lifts him up in the air and he begins to prophesy. And then he took God in his arms. Can you get your head around that? Holding God. I don't think you can get your head around that. I can't. Holding God. He's holding God in his arms and he says, now I can die in peace because my eyes have seen the salvation. He is the light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people to Israel's saints. This is a fascinating scene here. Because Jesus is resting in the arms of Simeon and Simeon is resting in the arms of the salvation of Jesus. It's fascinating. Look at verse 29 and verse 30. Simeon said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation. You know, let me share something with you. You cannot depart in peace until you have seen the salvation of God. I've had the privilege, the opportunity to be by many a bedside where people were dying. And I've held many a hand of those who were leaving this earth to go to the next place. And I have held the hand of a believer and watch them leave. And it is the most interesting thing. And if you've ever seen someone, those of you that know what I'm talking about, if you've ever seen someone been in their presence right near them and they die, if you've ever seen it, it is a fascinating thing to see. Because I've held the hand of a believer who left, and they left in peace. They just left. You could feel it. You're holding their hand, and you could feel it. They're gone. And you can see it. They've left. And they go in peace because they've experienced the salvation of God. And the family, watch this, they are in peace because they know that they have experienced the salvation of God. Are you getting me? I have also, on the contrary, held the hand of those who don't know Christ, who have never given their lives to Christ. And honestly, they do not leave in peace and you can feel them leaving, but you can feel them fighting to stay trying to hold on, fighting to stay. And when they do leave, because death is not in your control or my control or even the doctor's control, death is in the hands of the Lord. He gives life and he takes life. And I don't care what anybody says. And you can feel them struggling. And you can see in their face they're struggling. And when they finally do leave, because they're forced to leave, You can see that in their face because they have not experienced the salvation of the Lord. And the family, likewise, when you don't have the hope of heaven, there's mourning, there's grieving, Doing a memorial service or a funeral service for someone who has departed and they have gone home to be with Jesus because they've experienced the salvation of the Lord, let me tell you something, that's a memorial service, a home going that is just like a party. It's like a party, man. We have worship and praise and prayer and it's rejoicing because you know you will see them again. You know that in your spirit. You know, someday, listen, just Friday, I'm sitting in my office, talking to a sister. Her father just passed away, and I helped her to understand, because he was a believer. I said, listen, you got to keep it in perspective. The body that you see was not your father. Right now, you're not looking at Rodney. This is not me. This is my shell. This is my shell. I'm trying to keep it in some reasonable shape, but it's my shell. Rodney is my spirit. This body will not live forever. My spirit and my soul will live forever. And when I take my last breath here on earth, Rodney goes to be with the Lord. The body goes back in the ground and back to where it came from, dust, 17 elements make up the skin. 17 elements make up dirt. Isn't that interesting? So, technically, we really are all dirt bags. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's not me. This is not me. This is not me. My spirit, that's me. My soul, that's me. And until you experience the salvation of the Lord, you can't depart in peace. Simeon could depart in peace because he saw and experienced, held the salvation of the Lord. Simeon was led by the Spirit, taught by the Word of God, obedient to the will of God, and privileged to see the salvation of God. And then notice in verse 33, let's come in for a landing. Look at verse 33. Mary and Joseph are standing there marveling at the things that they're hearing, and then Simeon turns to them, and he blesses them. And he says something else that Mary has never heard before. Hard things He says, this child is set for the rising and the fall of many in Israel. He says, a sword shall pass through your soul. And we know that's true. Are you getting this? Jesus is 40 days old and Simeon is prophesying, Mary, your soul and your spirit is going to be pierced. And it did happen. Jesus, we know the Bible tells us that Mary stood at the cross And she felt that sword repeatedly as she watched her son during his ministry and then watched him as he died on the cross. And as all this is happening, get this, as all of this is happening, I love to read the Bible and make it like a story so we can get a scene. Are you with me? So you can really get what's going on behind the scenes and what's going on in front and what's going on on the lines and what's going on between the lines. All of this is happening, and then all of a sudden enters another character. Look at verse 36 in your Bibles really quickly. Verse 36, you're looking at it? Say amen. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. And she was of great age. And she had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, she never left church, but served God with fasting and praying day and night. And coming in, in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord. She spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Give me your attention. Saints, Anna is a prophetess, and she is of the tribe of Asher, and she was of great age, and she lived, to be with, her, she lived with her husband for seven years, and then her husband died. And then she was a widow for 84 years. So now let's do the math. A Jewish girl would get married between 13 and 16 years old. Let's just say she got married when she was 16. She lived with her husband for seven years before he died. That makes her 23 years old. Interesting that the Bible tells us after the death of her husband, she's 23 years old. Are you with me? She's 23, and after the death of her husband, she did not depart from the temple, and she was a widow in the temple for 84 years. It's possible that this woman, Anna, is about 107 years old. This is so fascinating to me. In the temple, you got these two old people. Simeon's 113, Anna's 107, She probably like, you know what, Simeon, you're getting on my nerves. You've been around here too long. He's like, no, you've been here too long. You've been 84 years hanging out in here. I wasn't here that long. You were here before I was here. You were just a young girl when she got there. But when her husband died, she didn't get bitter. She got better, and she got blessed, and she served the Lord, and she didn't even look to get remarried. And she didn't even join the singles group. And she didn't even try try to get connected to online dating with eHarmony. Now Christians. And she didn't go hanging out in Jerusalem disco. I guess if they had one. And she didn't get caught up in self pity. During those 84 years, she gave herself to fasting and prayer and night and day. And Simeon, get this, is holding Jesus and prophesying. And Anna just walks in and she begins to give thanks to the Lord and began to talk about Jesus to everyone in Jerusalem. And she's telling everybody, the Messiah is here. The Messiah is here. Listen, I got so much more. I would love to tell you. I can't tell you now. I'm out of time you got to read ahead. you got to be here next week. Because next week, get this. You're going to love this. Mary and Joseph, they lose the Messiah.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time.